0: That's right, it's NBA Australia. It is Thursday, October 19, all day. I'm your host, James Clements. I'm the editor of a good website. It's called CodeBet. Go check that out, codebet.com.au. You can see my ugly mug as well in the paper every single day. And on Fox Sports Lab NFL and CodeBet Daily and on CodeBet. It's a lot of my dumb, ugly mug, isn't it? I'm here in the CodeBet studios, a.k.a. the James Clements Excellence in Podcasting Memorial Studio. We are, what are we, six days out of the NBA season. And this is the companion piece to yesterday's show. That's right, we did this yesterday, didn't we? So now we're going to do another one. It's it. That's all it is. It's the win totals. That's right, the win totals for this upcoming NBA season. But today we're going to do the West. Because you see, we did the East yesterday, Gerald. Now we're going to do the West, which is on the other side. It goes east, then it goes west. I'm not even going to break it up into divisions like dorks would. Who gives a fuck about divisions, I say. Vote no to NBA divisions. <laughs> Either way, we're going to yeah, nah, for every team. We're going there. Win total over, under as well. Uh, an outback take house, unpopular opinion of the day. And that's it. We'll have an odds look at some of the, uh, I think, my four favorite at the end of it, like we did yesterday's show as well. And that'll be pretty fun. So... Let's body well get into it, because this is episode nine diggity seven of NBA Australia. That's right, 967. Jeez, that's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Let's go. The worst of oh, yeah. June. Sure. June, I told you. Oh, crank that. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Thanks, Jingles. You really are. Better watch out for that shack attack. Watch out for the shack attack. Or at least you better watch out for the, oh, hey, man, I don't want to come into work, eh? That's right. The James Harden AD, RDO is like, yeah, fuck, I put that leave request in. Did you guys not see that one? And everyone's like, no, you didn't, James. He's like, nah, I'm pretty sure I clicked Submit. And they're like, no, you didn't. You've just fucked off back to Houston, haven't you? He's like, no, maybe. Just on the down low, maybe I did. The strippers are better here. I don't know what to tell you. Like, that's exactly what he's thinking. He's like, have you seen the strippers in Philly? They're shit. I know all the ones in Houston. I've put them all through college. I feel comfortable here. The wings are better. It's very it's, there's no cheesesteaks, but the wings are better. It's about circles and roundabouts when it comes to jump. When it comes to James Harden, obviously, but good on him because he didn't show up for practice today. How's that, Gerald? He just goes, yeah, nah, fuck it. Can't be rude of going to going into work today. Not bad. It's like half the fucking office here, actually. I'll tell you that much. No pricks here. Anyway, thing is, uh, it feels very much exactly though. James Harden got wind of the simple idea that the Clippers and the Sixers have not traded him yet. You know, they've just sort of gone, eh, nah, that doesn't sound like a fair trade for us, say the Clippers. And Philly are like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're the ones getting the former MVP. This is bullshit. And I'll tell you what, how does this not spur James Harden on to kick some ass with Philly instead? I mean, we get it. He's a fucking coward. Just a big, chunky coward, just like me. Uh, but this is what we last heard. was that the Clippers were offered, basically, the trade package. Is like, we'll give you James Harden. Just give us one first-rounder, one pick swap, and give us T-Man. That's right, Terrence Mann. And the Clippers are like, oh, nah, man, that's a bit rich for our blood. Fuck it. Oh, what do you mean give you guys a pick? It's like, it's James Harden. He wants to go to your thing. It's like, yeah. That means we've got all the fucking leverage, you dickheads. So blow it out your ass, Philly. And that's exactly what's happened. There were like reports It's like, oh, it's killed all momentum towards getting a deal done. It's like, yeah, no shit. But if you're James Harden, you're like, hang on a second. This place that I want to get traded to doesn't want to give up Terrence Mann for me. James Harden, former MVP, scoring champ, noted beard haver, uh, stripper enthusiast, you know, that's like, how do you not just have that light of fire under your ass, Gerald? That's what I ask you. It sounds like absolute bullshit and just makes me just go, hang on a second, James Harden might be a bit of a fuckwit. Just saying. Um, I also love this because Outback Takeouts, that's right, it's Thursday at Outback. This is actually, I think, what do we do on Thursdays for Outback? Ah. Oh, It's two for one, blooming onions. That's right, no prick in Australia knows what the fuck these things are. What is it? A deep-fried onion made to look like a flower. What the fuck are you yanks on about? The only onion you eat in Australia is cooked as black as a dead dog's guts and chucked on a fucking saucy outside of Bunnings. Simple as that. Only at Outback. And today's Flame Grill take is, this is the Clippers just going, we don't fucking want James Harden. It's like, ah. We don't really want to give up Terence Mann. We couldn't possibly do it for anything more than, I don't know, one first rounder, but we can't give you Terence Mann. It's basically the Clippers going, look, we don't want to trade Terence Mann, but really what they're saying is, we don't want James Harden. We actually just don't want the fucking guy. We're just putting in like a little bit of work to make it look like we kind of do, but we fucking don't. That's what they're doing. So there you go. There's your Outback Takeouts for today with a bit of news as well. With all that said, and without further ado. Now we'll play some house hats because we're going to get into the West, 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 West. Over, 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 unders, unders, unders. That's right, the 2024 West over unders. We did the East yesterday. A fair amount of conjecture and going back and forth. Uh, I feel like. Indy was the one where I sort of ended up flipping and flopping a lot. But my projections are 34 and 48. It's kind of these weird ones where I came out of yesterday's show going, fuck, Indy, you're better than that, aren't they? But then you keep going. It's like, all right, one of Toronto, Miami, Brooklyn, and the Knicks basically has to be shit for Indy to rise up like four or five uh, wins, I dare say. Because I believe in Orlando – I've got Chicago being shit and 32 and 50, so that's kind of like the swings and roundabouts for me. It might be Philly. Like, Philly might actually just be shit. If Embiid misses any sort of time, they might be fucking horrible. But I did also sort of build a little of that into it at 48, so I don't know. I think we've got a pretty cushy bottom of the east. The west is a completely, completely different kettle of fish. Uh, Dettle of uh, fish, yeah. Dettle of – That'll have Kish. There you go. That's right. Let's do some West over-unders. Shall we start to the top? Why, yes, we ought to. The Phoenix Suns. Now, you might have heard a little bit about them in the offseason because they traded for Bradley. Ah, oh, I might be good. No one's entirely sure. Beal. Oh, Bradley, no trade clause. Beal. The weird thing about the Phoenix Suns, I have them as my one seed in the West. They do not, however, have a point guard. They also have Yusuf Nerkic, hello, Bosnian Bear, as their starting fucking centre. That doesn't seem smart. The thing is, they've still got Kevin Durant and Devin Booker to go with Brad Beal. Oh, bro, we've got a big three. That kind of, to me, sounds like a big three of mid-range shooting. But I still think they're going to win a fuck ton of games. That's kind of where I've landed with this. I think I'm going to go over there. Over under is 52 and a half. I sort of tweak these standings where you look at Phoenix and if they have a run of health where KD just stays healthy and fine, they will win a fuck ton of games. Like a veritable metric fuck ton of games. 56 and 26 is where I think I landed. They won 64 and 2021. They won a f- uh, fair few last year. <laughs> I should probably know that. Where's the standings, Jim? They went. I had that in my spreadsheet too. That's right. I've got a spreadsheet because spreadsheets are cool. Uh, 45 and 37 is the four seed. So this is an 11-win jump, which seems like a lot. But at the same time, they now have Kevin Durant for an entire offseason. They've got Brad Beal for an entire offseason. They should come in. They've got a little bit more depth after they made those sort of weird – uh, extra free agency signings and shit like that, and then the big Ayton trade right? So you get Nurkic, you've got Grayson Allen now, so you've got some shooting. You've still got a Kogi playing the three. You've got Kade Bates-Diop. Uh, they brought in Eric Gordon. He finally gets to live his dream of being a Phoenix son again. And, of course, Drew Eubanks, a.k.a. Drew Banks. Not to be confused with, uh, you know, Drew Banks, but Bol Bol, he's on the depth chart. I love Bol Bol. Fucking yes, Bol Bol. Let's give me, give me some more U- Bowl Bol. And Utah wants a Narby. I reckon Utah could be pretty handy this year. But the thing is, they've just got like a solid, uh, what, 10 dudes that are just half decent NBA players to go around KD, Beal, and Booker. And if Booker can just be point Booker for most of this season, they should be fine. I am a little bit worried about the simple fact they don't have a fucking point guard, though. So. It might get a bit wonky, because think about it, KD's handles. The dude's seven foot twenty and then he dribbles and you're like, Hey, Kevin, are you gonna go to the rim at any point this game? And he's like, nah, man. Nah, I probably will I'm 35. I don't give a fuck anymore. And this is kind of like the big thing for me. This might be the drop-off team where KD finally hits this point where he's like, Yeah, I had an Achilles, had a knee. I'm thirty fucking five. <laughs> I'm balding. This is bullshit. What the fuck am I doing here? He's out there in the desert, though. That desert air will, you know, soothe all his uh, qualms. So the yeah, nah for Phoenix is literally, does Beal fit? Just that's it with Booker and KD. Yeah, nah. It's not ideal, nah, but will he still make it work? Yeah, he probably will. Brad Beal is the most up-jumped fucking third banana you'll ever see and now he's actually a third banana. So he's in his perfect spot. I love that. He's the Ray Allen. You've got Booker and KD. That's your Pierce and uh, KG if you want to keep up with the uh, 2008 Boston Celtics comparisons. But um, I think it'll be fine. Beal doesn't need to do too much. That's exactly where Brad ne- Beal needs to be. The big thing sort of to do with that is, like, do you need a workable center or a point guard? <laughs> I think that might be more of an important fucking point because if Nurk, who's always injured – can't play more than, what, 60 games? They might be fucked. Like, Drew Banks, he's not a great answer to a question. Just saying. But either way, I still believe in this Phoenix squad to, like, basically load manage their weight to, like, over the 52-and-a-half. I have them a little bit higher than that at 56, of course. But that's more just, like, putting a bit of faith in this whirling death machine offense. Basically, they could fire up with Beal, Booker, and KD – And I feel like they might take it a little bit more serious than other teams, you know? Because you look at someone like the Clippers, you look at someone like the even the Nuggets, they might just go, look, fuck it. If we're in the top four, who gives a shit? I think Phoenix are going to be out there going, our owner is a psycho. He's new. He's going to start fucking firing everybody. He's already fired most of the people. But he might just start firing other motherfuckers like out of nowhere. So we'll be on our best behavior. So 56-26 for Phoenix. I'm pretty bullish on them. Obviously, the Denver Nuggets, they are the reigning NBA champions. You might have heard about that. 54 and 28 is where I've got them for this year. They won 53 games last year, then won the title. Are they worse than last year? Not really. So let's go. Bang, over. Their overrun is 53 and a half. I've got them at 54. I think they'll be fine because literally my yeah, nah for this one, Gerald, is they're fine, right? Yeah, nah. Yeah, they're fine. Oh, but Jim, they lost Bruce Brown, man. It's like, and it's fucking so what? Like the way that they've sort of approached this, they've gone Bruce Brown, he was really, really handy as a uh, Swiss Army knife all the way through last season in the uh, playoffs. Well, after I actually got there from uh, Brooklyn last year. But the simple idea of them keeping that starting five together of Jam and Jamal Murray, the notorious KCP, Michael Porter Jr., uh, Aaron Eyre gordon and Nikola Jokic, hello. Like, they're fine. Like, they're fucking fine. As long as that starting five stays stays healthy, they're going to smash to over 50 wins, over 53.5. Christian Brown, not Braun, Christian Brown, B-R-A-U-N, of course. Second year for him, he steps into the Bruce Brown role. It's going to be weird, but I think he'll be fine. And they fucking love Peyton Watson they love was it Julian Strother. They've just got some dudes in the back end of their rotation now that are young and are going to basically have to pick up, I don't know, all that sort of uh, garbage time minutes because Denver last year, you might remember, during the regular season, also just shit-pump teams a lot of the time. They're like, ah, we're up by 20. Fuck it. Q goes in the rack and we end up winning by six as our bench sort of like struggle, but they're all good. So good job by Denver. I think they're going to be fine. I am not stressed in any way, shape, or form. Jam and Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, it's the exact opposite of uh, Phoenix. Phoenix like, we don't have a point guard or really a good center. And Denver are like, well, we've got the best center in the league and probably the best point guard for a playoff performer that you can get. Phoenix may have actually traded DeAndre Ayton specifically to go get Nurkic because they're like, well, look, the Bosnian Bear hates the Serbian. It's very easy. Like, if they're just trading on, like, racist tropes, I'm all, I'm all for it <laughs> because that's fucking funny. But the big Bosnian versus the big Serb, I'm going to back Joker the entire time. So I like Denver to go over, and I'm not worried about them any in any way, shape, or form because they got rid of – they kicked – there was, like, the great you know, interview with uh, Calvin Booth, and he was like, yeah, we understood – that fucking Michael Porter Jr. over here doesn't want to play defense and we think he's a dickhead because of it. And then we had Bones coming off the bench as well, Bones Highland, and he didn't want to play any fucking defense, so we had to get rid of one of them and we got rid of the shit one, Bones. And everyone's like, yo, you're not – he's saying the quiet part out loud. This is great. (laughs) How good. But it's true. Bones Highland's a fucking head case. He's like, oh, man. He was playing with a two-time MVP on a team that won the title. I was like, nah, man, I don't want to be here. I want to go play for a real team like the Clippers. <laughs> what a fucking lunatic. All right. So Denver go over 53 and by a half win. I've got them at 54 and 28. They're Los Angeles Lakers of Los Angeles, California, where there are very few lakes. 48 and 34. I've got them just going over as well. 47 and As with yesterday's show, I didn't actually look at the over-unders before I banged in all my win-loss totals. And the fact that Denver and the Lakers, I've got them going over by half a win, means I feel like I was pretty bang on. But the Lakers, the year nah, is pretty simple, right? Can AD and LeBron stay healthy? And does it matter? Yeah, nah. Yeah, it matters. But they brought in Gabe Vincent, Torrey the Red Bull Prince, Christian Wood, a.k.a. what ScoMo had for the Sharks. Gross. Uh, Cam Reddish. They've got Rui, they've got Delo, they've got Jackson Hayes, and they've got the white mumber himself, Austin Reeves. This is a surprisingly awesome and deep Lakers team. I hate it because I hate the Lakers, but shit, that's a decent team as long as, like, you've got Anthony Davis as well, you've got LeBron. They should just roll to, like, 50-plus wins. But this is a LeBron team. There's always going to be some sort of drama Like, D'Lo's going to get his ass traded at some point, and that's why I sort of want to hint lower. I wanted to go higher than the uh, 48 where I landed, but there's always just, like, LeBron's fucking 400 years old now. Like, at some point, you just go, yeah, just take a couple of weeks off, LeBron. You've got, like, your calf's a little bit sore, buddy. Just fucking sit down for three weeks, go watch your son play, do your Taco Tuesdays, who gives a shit. Just chill out, mate. You're 400 years old. Just fucking relax, buddy. Come on, that hairline's telling a very fucking loud story. And Anthony Davis, meanwhile, as soon as you breathe on him, he's going to fucking snap a leg. So who knows what's going to happen? That's why I tried to middle it with the 48 wins. I think this team's going to be pretty fucking good, though. They're good, they're deep, they're very handy. I've still got them at the 3 seed at the the moment. Would not surprise me if they win 50-plus games, but 48-34, I've got them going over 47.5 anyway. The Los Angeles Clippers. There's another one. Because there, yeah, nah, is simply, does Kawhi, Kawhi, <laughs> does he even care enough about basketball to play like 60 games? Like, do you think he gives you, gives any hint of a fuck? Because I don't. Yeah, nah, nah. This motherfucker is just like, hey, man, I'm not going to tell you anything about anything. It's like, hey, Kawhi, do you want to play basketball? He's like, I'm fucking not saying anything. It's like, this guy's a psycho. What are you doing? And then he gets out there and plays and you're like, fuck, is he the best player in the NBA? What the shit is happening? Anyway, fuck that. I've got them going a hint under because their over under is 47 and a half. I've got them at 47 and 35. The thing is, I don't know how to sort of handicap this weird uh, Clippers looking season because their roster is still so weird and unbalanced at times, but... It's super fucking deep. You've still got Rusty Westbrook. you got Paul George. you got Kawhi. You've got Lord Robert Covington. You've got Zubes, Avicii Zubach. You've got the fucking immortal, untouchable, super-duper star, T-Man who can't be traded for a former MVP. <laughs> They've got Norm, Norm, Powell. You've got Frenchie Batum. Oh, I money. Charlotte, and now I'm playing in Los Angeles. Oh. And you've got the shit Plumley, but he turned out to be the best Plumley, Mason Plumley, who looks exactly like my youngest brother. So it's a weird mix. It's a deep mix. They've got Bones Highland. You know that Ty Lu this off season was kind of like kicking the tires. I'm like, yeah, hey, uh, yeah. Does anybody else want me to coach for them? Just, just saying. Like I'm a good coach. I want a title. Hey guys, anybody out there? Anyone? Hey, anybody? No. Nah. And everyone's like, uh, Ty, just, what are you doing, bro? You, uh, you're the coach of the Clippers. Shut the fuck up. And he's like, yeah, all right. That's just clearly a dude who's sick of like Kawhi Leonard shit. He's like, I fucking hate this guy. I fucking hate him. I don't know what days he's going to play. I don't know when he's going to take a weird audio. And now they've made me fucking sit here and like deal with Russell Westbrook. This is bullshit. I don't need this stress in my life. Fuck this. And it's like, Ty, you're getting paid a fuck ton of money by Steve Bulmer. Just deal with it. And he's like, all oh, right. I guess I will. <laughs> sure. So good luck deciding how many fucking wins this team's going to have. I have them, as mentioned, at 47. That goes a half win under. So I'm going to go the under 47 and a half because the Clippers, everything just depends on health, right? We saw it last year. Kawhi and Paul George in and out. They end up at 44 and 38. And this is the tough part. This is the exact moment where everything in the West gets really fucking difficult because from the Clippers all the way down to basically, what, Utah. Every team in that mix, they could all win 50 games. They could all win 36. Like, it's a weird fucking mishmash. And the Clippers, so much of it just depends on health. They win 44 last year, 42. I'm going at 47, so I'm being a little bit bullish where Kawhi plays two-thirds of the season, doesn't get injured, but just takes every second fucking day off just because he's like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. And Paul George puts up MVP numbers for chunks of the season. Talks about how clutch he is, and then they go out in the second round. Either way, Clippers under the Golden State Warriors. Hey, uh, they've got Chris Paul now. That's fucking weird. I hate this, Gerald. It's like you spend years and years and years going up against like your most hated enemies, and then you join them. It's just gross. It's like Mick McGowan going from Collingwood to Carlton back in the 90s. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Gerald's nodding along going, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, but this is like Shaq on the Celtics. Like, I hate this shit. It makes no fucking sense. Basically, this is the yeah, nah for it. Chris Paul on the Warriors, it's a bit desperate, right? Yeah, nah, yeah. But is it understandable? Also, yeah, because... You had to fucking move on from Jordan Poole. Why is that? Because his fucking teammate punched him in the fucking head. He's like, Jordan, I'm sick of your shit. Bang, goes Draymond. Now, everybody hates Draymond anyway, but he is the heart and soul of that Warriors team. Jordan Poole gave him a bit of shit. Talk shit, got hit. Sucked in, dickhead. At the same time, that ruined the Warriors team last year. They had to move on from Poole. They flip him for CP3. It's a weird mix. But Chris Paul's still really good, so that's why I'm going to lean on Golden State to go 46-36, which is actually well under their win total, which is 49 and a half. That's the third highest one in the West. This is a team that what got be- uh, blown out in the second round by the Lakers, managed to get by the Kings in seven, and are old. They're just fucking old. Like God bless Steph Curry the puby-bearded one, but can play, can shoot. Fucking old, though. Same with Clay Thompson. It's like, oh, yeah, it's a two-year injury that Achilles and his ACL. It's like, yeah, but he also might just be old and shit now. Like, all he does is, like, if all Clay does is shoot, that's great. He's like the second best shooter of all time. The first best shooter of all time, that's good Good syntax there, uh, is Steph. So you got the two best shooters of all time on your team. Awesome. But, the way that this roster is now constructed with Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Clay, you've now got Andrew Wiggins, what, at the four and Draymond at the five. You're like, all right, fuck, we're pretty small. How the fuck are we going to beat Nikola Jokic? Like this is there's like a seven-foot-one Serbian who's just like holding the ball above Chris Paul's head like he's his little fucking cousin or something. That's all I'm envisaging for the rest of this fucking year. So Golden State, they'll be really, really good as long as they stay, stay healthy. So, 46 for me is kind of like understanding that the West is really, really hard, but they'll still be really good. Because Chris Paul, when he's healthy, is also really good. Same with Golden State. The next one. I did do the year now, nah, didn't I? Yes. It's all a bit desperate. It really was. <sighs> Here we go. It's time for the Mop Top Mumba. That's right, Josh Giddy, AKA the Bix Kid. Love this, AKA the Yarraville Yahoo. I love him. I love his hair. They've also got Seven Nation Army, don't forget. Bum, 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 Jack White. This Oklahoma City Thunder team is fucking radical. They're one of my favorite overs this year. 45 and 37. I've got them going over their 43 and a half line. Why is that, Jim? You might say, it's like, well, they were fucking good last year. They won 40 games, bumping up from 24. They also added Chet Holmgren, aka the stick insect. He's unreal. They didn't have a fucking center last year. Now they've got like a fucking weird unicorn who can play awesome defense, put the ball on the floor, also finish inside, and they've got the mop top They've got SGA, a first team All NBA guard, and they've got the Williams eyes, the Williamses, the Williams eye. There you go. Both Jalen Williamses, J Dub, and the other one. Uh, they're fucking rad. They're really well coached. And I think my key point for the OKC over for this season is I brought this up on KoBed Daily a couple of days ago. They're young. They don't give a fuck about doing the core. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard like, resting bullshit. They don't give a fuck about load management. All they care about is managing their loads on some of those uh, groupies, you know what I'm saying? But either way, gross. Uh, 45 and 37, they're going to go hammer and tongs all year. Their coach, Mark Dugganer, uh, is pretty fucking good. Always really well prepared. I've got them going over. I've got them at 45, 37. That is over, 43 and a half. Josh Giddy, most improved player? Probably not. Probably doesn't need to average too many more points than he's 16 at the moment, but watch him absolutely rack up the triple doubles this year, I think, as he does a little bit of everything. Lots of mouths to feed all of a sudden in OKC with Chet there, so I don't expect Josh Giddy to top 20 points a game, but I think he'll stay steady on that 16 to 18 mark and have a really, really good season. It's just a fucking shame they traded Paddy Mills. What a bunch of cowards. I still swear, again, Outback Takehouse, Adam Silver, hey, hey, is this Sam Presti? Yeah, Sam, I hear you've got three Australians on your team. You can't do it. I won't have three Australians on one team. Get rid of at least Patty, or I'll fucking have you killed. <laughs> fucking weird, Sam Presti. Uh, so that's definitely what's, ha- what's happened, obviously. So, okay, so they go over 43 and a half. Sacramento. I've got them going over forty-four and a half and a half as well. Do they top last year's 48? No. Do they take a little bit of a step back? Yes. Are they still really good? Also yes, because oh wait, did I do a year now? Nah? No, I didn't do a year now nah for OKC. Okay, so. Well, fuck. Thanks, Gerald. It <laughs> need to sign like, you didn't do the fucking year now, nah, Jimmy idiot. OKC. Okay, so I talked about this on yesterday's show. Are they this year's Sacramento. Yeah, nah. Yeah, and are Sacramento this year's Memphis? Yeah, nah. Yeah, and are Memphis last year's Warrior? No. I can't remember. Where I got to with the. The similes and metaphors yesterday. But anyway, are they this year, Sacramento? Yeah, nah, yeah. I think they're the ones that go, oh, shit, we're good, we're young, we're super talented, and we're going to play fucking hard time in time out. We've got a superstar guard just like they've got Diazza Fox. We've got SGA. Off they go. They'll be fine. And does Chet fit? Of course he does. Yeah, nah, yeah, because they didn't have a fucking center. Now they do. Paul went out for Poku, though. The original stick insect. Anyway, Sacramento, 45 and 37. I've got them on the same thing as OKC. That goes over by a half win. I think, look, they were really lucky in terms of injury stuff last year. Sabonis played through a fucking couple of injuries. Fox was healthy. Wins the Clutch Player of the Year award. They got just slightly deeper and slightly better. But at the same time, the West is slightly deeper and slightly better. So I don't know if they match. Last year's total, right? You've got Kevin fucking, the Ginger Ninja. You've got Harrison Barnes. You've got a better Keegan Murray, presumably, a year later. You've got the Suvlaki King himself, Dematis Sabonis. Oh, yeah, combination meat. Thanks, uh, Dematis. Yeah, cheers, mate. Yeah, easy on the tomato. Chug a bit of extra garlic sauce on there. Thanks, buddy. But they do bring over the Euroleague's MVP, uh, Sasha Vesenkov. Hello, it's Sasha Vesenkov. I've come to kick out a stack names. And chew bubblegum, and all out the (laughs) bubblegum. Yeah, in Lativia, bubblegum bubbles you. Uh, But they've still got Malik Monk, Davion Mitchell. They brought in Chris Duarte as well. It's a deep, awesome team. They've got the Ukrainian stepladder still there, Alex Len, Trey Lyles, a.k.a. not Donnie Mitchell. But, look, I think Sacramento finally hit their level now this year. They'll plateau a little bit, and this is the yeah, nah, for Sacramento. Can they stay healthy and ride the vibes? Yeah, nah. Yeah, but only to a degree. You can ride the vibes for this year and then it gets fucky and weird. I mean, fire a laser! Like that sort of shit. Light the beam. That's awesome. Great vibes. But you got to keep up the winning or else it's going to get weird. And you can't turn into Memphis and get all arrogant and fucky. But as long as you're fun and kind of cool, you're right. But I think we might just see a hint of just a bit of a plateau this year. The Kings have taken the leap. Now, this is the uh, solidification time. So they still go over, but not by much. So 45, I've got them at. the mat. The over under is 44.5. So let's go, Sacramento. Memphis are the real sliders for me. 44 and 38, I've got the mat. That is under their over under of 46.5. They won 51 games last year, 56 in 2021. How do they get worse, Jim? I'm like, well, they don't have fucking Jar Bang Bang Morant for 25 games because he's all out there going bang, 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 look at my gun. Hey, check this out over here, live internet video, it's my gun. It's like, but Jar, you were literally told not to show guns on the internet while being live. And he's like, but I fucking love my gun. Just look at it. And he's like, nah, man, just everybody's going to see how fucking sick this gun is. It's like, all right. Yeah, that's a 25-game suspension, you fucking dumb idiot. Anyway, so good job, Jar Morant. They at least brought in Marcus Smart to, uh, I don't know, fill in for him for 25 games. The problem is Marcus Smart's going to be like, I'm as good as Jar Morant, and everyone's going to be like, oh, fuck, no, he's not. Shit, this sucks. Because <laughs> what was it? They went 20-5 and five without Jar last year. I don't think they're going to be able to pull off that during his suspension. If they do, that will be fucking awesome. But once he gets back, I think this is just, again, it just shows you how tough the West is going to be because Memphis are really deep. They're really fucking good, again. But there are some weird question marks around this roster where you go, oh, we've got the Duckman, Luke Kennard. Awesome. Can he just stay in a rotation for an entire fucking season, though, without getting traded? I guess you are about to find out. They've got, you know, the big fellas, Kenny Lofton Jr. Doesn't mind a pie to gold, Kenny. David Roddy as well. I don't know if he's any good. He doesn't know if he's any good. You got the Tillman, Xavier Tillman. You have got the big Kiwi, Gerald. They've got Stephen Adams, Brew. Oh, Brew, it's really good to be here in Memphis. Eh? I fucking love it here. We've got a huge, big bass fishing shop. It's in a pyramid, Brew. I fucking love pyramids. We don't have any in New Zealand, but we do have the Hobbit. Anyway, so Jaron Jackson Jr. moves back to his four. You love that. Stephen Adams can do all the dirty work, but without Jam around there as your superstar, like, straw to stir the drink, it just leaves me a little bit cold. So Desmond Bain should be really good again. But he's really small. Like, he's pretty fucking – he's built like a bowling ball who can get you 25 at any night, which is awesome. can shoot the piss out of it. Don't get me wrong. But the yeah now nah for Memphis is literally, can they tread water with Marcus Smart in place of Ja Morant? Yeah, nah. Yeah but it's just treading water. And if you're treading water in the West without your superstar point guard because he fucking loves guns, like it's going to put a dent in your win total this year, I think. So from 51 last year, we've got them going down to 44. That goes two and a half wins under for their total this year. And I feel pretty good about that. I think it just becomes a bit of a fucking slog for Memphis. Like Talk about Sacramento and Vibes. They had the Vibes last year. Memphis had the Vibes like a year and a half, two years ago. Then they fucked the vibes. They bent the vibes over and really had their way with it with the fucking guns, bang, bang, bang. Just, again, Gerald, my idea, though, for Ja Morant, just let me pitch it one more time, is if Ja Morant just had started a YouTube channel of him doing, like, gun reviews and being a really big fucking gun enthusiast, there is no way he would have been suspended 25 games. If he's like, hey guys, yeah, welcome back to all my subscribers. It's Jar Morant here on Bang Bang, I'm Jar Morant. Today we're looking at this Glock 9mm. You see, what you do to clean your gun, in, like he goes through like all the bits, he cleans it out, he shows you how to load it properly, where the safety is, proper gun sort of control and all this stuff. It's his First Amendment or Second Amendment rights, so he can fucking bear arms, whatever. He lives in Tennessee. You just sit, sit in a bar, put your gun on the fucking table with you, and he's like, motherfucker, I'm in Tennessee, do something. Go on, just fucking try me. Like, who gives a fuck? If he had done all that, Adam Silver would have been like, Jar, I want to suspend you, but you seem seem like you really like guns. (laughs) And he would have had no leg to stand on. So anyway, Memphis, I think just a little bit under this year. They're one of my casualties this year uh, just because someone has to sort of dip a little bit, I think. Minnesota, they go over 43 and a half because they land on 44 I can't believe out of like... I've gone within two wins, I reckon, of about... What's that? One, two, three, four, five, six of these first ones that I've talked about. That's fucking nuts. It's almost like I'm good at my job. Anyway, Minnesota, this is all about the Twin Towers, isn't it? Rudy the Stafford Tower and Big Carl Anthony Towns, uh, the man who is softer than Kleenex. He... Look, this team is so fucking brutal to pick because I guess... There's sort of two yeah-nas, right? Like, can Kat step up and figure out how to fucking play next to Rudy Gobert and actually have a twin-tower lineup? Yeah, nah, maybe. I mean, but the next time Kat also plays a bit of half-decent primitive defense, it might be the first one. That dude just fucking loves shooting threes and doing nothing else that helps his team win. The problem is it might not matter because Anthony Edwards might just go, fuck this shit, I'm a superstar. Like, just jump on my back, boys. We're winning 60 games. Like, it could happen. The defense could click, Gobert and Cat could be awesome, Anthony Edwards could step up, be a fucking like 100% super-duper star. We saw a little bit of it. We've seen flashes of it. But I just want to tamper expectations because I don't think Chris Finch is that great of a coach. I don't know if Anthony Edwards can... Uh, even if he averages like 26, 27, 28 points a game, like he's still going to be driving into a whole bunch of traffic thanks to Cat and Rudy. So... They might have fucked it for him. I'm just saying. Uh, Defensively is where it's going to be won and lost there for Minnesota, though. But I still think they go a hint over. But I hate fucking picking this team. This team is so tough. It's like probably one of the three toughest ones I think I've looked at. And you're like, they've still got a solid roster where you've got, what, slow-mo Carl Anderson. You've got Jaden McDaniels, old fucking, oh, check out this. I'm going to punch a wall, bro. Bang! Oh, fuck, that hurt my hand a bit. Hey, I broke his hand before the playoffs. What a fucking idiot. Okay. Oh, God. Anyway, they've got Naz Reed. Like, they've just got a really good rotation. I just don't trust it. So there you go. Minnesota, what was that? In the end, it was a over by a half game because they're over on is 43 and a half. I've got them at 44. Here's another one that's fucking hard. The Pelicans, be a pelican, not a can't. That's right. 42 and 40, I've got them at. That's under their 44 and a half win line. This is all about Zion. If this man can just stay away from the whores and the beignets, (laughs) that's all we ask. Just stay away from the fucking internet crazies and the beignets. I know that the beignets are delicious. And I know that your choice in women is seemingly not great. But Zion you're getting paid an absolute fuck ton of money to not be a dead shit. It's not that difficult. When you got that much money, like I understand the temptation to be a giant dead shit because I am myself a giant fucking moron, but to be that much of a dead shit where you've got like absolute lunatics like outing you on the internet for, I don't know, your weird sexual proclivities, have at it, Zion. That's fine. But you got to keep that shit on the down low. you got to keep that buried. <laughs> but I just hate this fucking Pelicans team. They could win 60 games. They could also win 32. Like, fuck it. So for New Orleans, is this the bounce-back year for Zion? Is this his year? Can he finally do it? Can he put it all together? Can he stay healthy? Could he win MVP? Yeah, nah. Nah, he's not winning MVP. But could he actually just stay healthy for one year? That's all we ask. One year. Yeah, nah. No, he can't. Because look at his rig. You try hefting that fucking rig around, Gerald. You got no hope. Of course you're going to break down. There's like actually videos surfacing like basically over the last couple of days of him in college and just like the sheer fucking athleticism and lift he had. And it's like, yeah, guess what? That goes away when you're built like a brick shit house. Like you put two little stumpy athletic legs on a brick shit house that can dunk and you're like, this is amazing. And then you go, oh, that's going to be a bit of wear and tear on those little stubbly legs, isn't it? Guess what? Yeah, it is. So Spindles Ingram, he fucking smoked his way out of the rotation there for the World Cup as well. Oh, man, I've got a bit of a throat infection. It's like, is it because you've been pounding fucking bongs? Like, what is happening, Brandon? (laughs) Mate, what are you doing? Can Brandon Ingram bounce back? Yeah, nah. I'm probably steering clear of him this year. The vibes in the World Cup for Brandon Ingram are bad. So I just feel like in general for this team – Talk about teams with question marks. They are one of – they're just an entire question mark wrapped up in a team. Like we know that CJ McCollum will be good, but same sort of time. Like he's slightly playing out of position as a point guard. They've got Jose Alvarado. They've got the vacuum Dyson Daniels. Trey Murphy's injured though. Herb Jones, he will probably be fine. you got my name is Jonas Valanciunas in the middle. It's just a weird fucking mix. Maybe Willie can get it working. I think they'll be Okay. They should be better. They'll be slightly disappointing. They'll go 42 and 40 and go under 44 and a half. We're going to have to take a quick break. Gerald, I'm fucking running out of puff over here. Jesus Christ, homie sitting over there going, is this motherfucker just talk for an hour? This is bullshit. I'll be back in a second right after this. This is Nick K and you're listening to NBA Australia. I should check in with my best mate, Nick Kay, see how he's doing, actually. He's got the squid. He needs our lovely wife. he would be out there in Japan hanging out. You can say, G'day, Gerald. That's where you're going, isn't it? Motherfucker. I'll uh, get you to uh, swing by Nick Kay's joint and just go, hey, Nick, Jim says hi. Uh, right, so we finished up with New Orleans, 42 and 40, under the 44 and a half, the Dallas Mavericks. That's right. AKA the Aussie Mavericks. How good is this? We've got Dante Sexum Up Exem, AKA Kangaroo Kobe. We've got Josh Greeny Green. I love this Dallas team. But I also think the shit. 42 and 40, we're going for Dallas because Luca and that head case, Kyrie Irving. What was it? 6 and 11, I think they went when they played together last year. I think it's a horrible fit. I think Kyrie's an absolute head case. And the big problem for Dallas is they've got a wild amount of positional redundancy. Also, they have no rim protection and like a weird lack of wings. It's like, what the fuck do you actually have then? It's like, well, we've got a lot of guys who can dribble the ball, but actually not that well, it turns out. It's like, we've got Kyrie and Luca, and then we've got like eight shooting guards and Dante Exum. So it's fucking weird. It's a strange mix. I hate it. And I'm going the under for Dallas just because in the West, if you can't, Play a liquor defense, and they were like, "What?" Ranked twenty fifth in defense last year. They went thirty eight. They had thirty eight wins last year. That was a drop down from the year before, fifty two, when they made the uh, conference finals. But I think Dallas. This is much more of a opportunity to go completely fucking haywire. And Kyrie stabs Grant Williams more so than it goes well, and they actually win a shit ton of games. Forty two and forty. This is basically trying to quantify. Kyrie's head casedness and going, how is he going to fuck up this team at some point this year? Is he going to go on a two-week sabbatical and go, hey guys, uh, I'm going to go to Burning Man to give a head right. It's like, fucking, yeah, you guys will be fine without me. It's like, Kyrie, it's the middle of the season, you fucking lunatic. What are you doing? So, 42 and 40 for Dallas is where I'm going to sit because they've still got Tim Hardaway. Look, they can make moves obviously during the season with Tim Hardaway Jr., that contract, but Bringing Grant Williams is like, all right, cool. Does, does that really help? If nothing else, he's just going to shit Kyrie up the wall even more. And Kyrie's going to go, I fucking hate this guy. I fucking hate this place. I fucking hate all of yous. I'm out. Trade me to the Lakers. It's 100% going to happen. Uh, so I'm going to go the under, unsurprisingly, for Dallas, 42 40. Because as good as Luca is, I just feel like the vibes on this one are just sort of turning sour. And I don't want them to. I want the Mavs to be good. I want Luka to be good. I want Josh Greeny Green to shine. Shine, you beautiful diamond. Go on. I just don't know if it will. Utah, 36-46. and 46. That is a single win less than last season. It is still the over, however, because they're over-unders, 35-and-a-half. They are over under 35 and a half they did not get worse. They did sort of finish out the season in kind of choppy fashion in Utah. They started off really well. And then it sort of slipped a bit, slipped a bit, slipped a bit more. And uh, they ended up obviously, you know, missing out on the playoffs, not looking great. But there's sort of still a bit to like there in Utah because they've still got Larry, that's a girl's name, marking it. They've got Jordan Jeremy Clarkson. They've got dudes. And you need dudes, Gerald. They've got some dudes. They've got big Walker Kessler. they got John Collins, that's a total cocktail from Atlanta. Like they just aren't worse than last year. It's just that their West is going to be that much fucking tougher, and they're not going to surprise anybody this time. Like they started off ten and three last year, got to nineteen and sixteen by Christmas, and that sort of shows you that the fast start sort of slowly petered out, and that's how they played basically the rest of the season. So they've got a couple of Okchai o- Baji. they've got some half decent rookies as well, but I just I can't see them going absolutely hammer and tongs above what they did last year. I don't think they slipped too far as well, though. So 36 and 46 for me for Utah. That is a half win over. Again, same thing goes for the San Antonio Banderas. Oh, wait. Did I have a yeah, nah for uh, that one? Did I? No, I didn't. Aha! Gerald, I'm on top of this one. Utah, do their rookies pop. Keontae George looks fucking awesome. So yeah, nah. Yeah, he might pop a little bit. But they probably need Kessler to pop even more and become like basically a top... Eight center, which isn't really that hard once you think about it, but it does feel like a very similar season to last year for Utah. But they just don't take too many people by surprise. But they still thread that needle, and end up with thirty-seven wins. San Antonio Bandera Spurs. You might have seen a few highlights of a uh, seven-foot forty Frenchman out there, absolutely fucking panting. That's right. Fatty, fat, fat, fat. fat. Pantsing our man, sniper alert, Reggie Bullock by nutmegging him. Gerald, this is a seven foot twenty fucking French wunderkind who's out there dribbling up the court, bouncing it between another motherfucker's legs on his way to the basket. It is beautiful. I loved every second of it. Wemby is the real deal. The thing is, does he play more than sixty games? Yeah, nah, nah. I don't think he does. I think Pop and the Spurs' brains trust to be like, my dude, we fucking love you. But we're going to try to play it safe because you're a weird freaking nature. That's all you are. You're a weird freaking. You're seven foot 200. You're fucking built like a twig. You talk like all Frenchy. So just chill out, bruv. And he'll be like, we? Uh, oui. <laughs> That's French for yes. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I think the Spurs. They will be better obviously because they have a giant fucking French dude in the middle they've got a fairly solid rotation behind him but the west is going to be a fucking murderer's row 29 and a half is still a really high over under for a team that won 22 games last year they have to go eight wins better I've got them over because they get to 30 and 52 just ticking over by a half win. I don't think they go too much better than that just because I don't know if Wemby's going to play too much more than these uh, sort of 60-game allotment because Greg Popovich, he's smart. And uh, that's all you need to play. Last two, unbelievably. Houston. What a weird fucking team this is. Dylan Brooks, he's already out there punching dudes in the dick and it's like preseason. Dylan, bro, just chill the fuck out. He's like, no, I just love punching dicks, bang! So... For them to go 31 and a half wins, that's their over-under, 32 wins. They won 22 games last year. I've got them just going under. I've got them at 27 to 55 because they brought in Fred Van Vliet of the Fighting Van Vliet's. They brought in Dylan, the dick puncher Brooks. And I don't think they're going to be that. They brought in our man, the rooster. (coughs) Jock Landale, rock'em, sock'em, block'em, Jock'em Landale. But I just don't know that this is a roster that fits very well. You've still got Jalen Green, who's like, guys, I'm a fucking superstar. And everyone else is like, are you though? Because we just brought in two dudes to play your position. And he's like, fuck me, man. What did I do? And everyone's like, well, nothing. That's kind of half the problem, Jalen. You got to play a little bit of defense, my dude. And outside of that, you've got Shingun, who is radical. We all love Shingun. But I just feel like the Houston defense are really, really struggling, especially in the first half of the year. They do have old Sex Pest himself, Ime Udoka, as their coach. He's going to kick their asses into gear. But even when he was on a really good team with Boston, they sucked for the first half as they tried to figure out his fucking defensive schemes. Then they got really good. This is a far shitter team that is a lot younger. It will take them a lot more time, I think, to sort of finally get into the Udoka schemes and get their shit rolling. Because, look, Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks handy heady veterans, and when I say handy feeling for Dylan Brooks, I'm talking about when he punches them in the dick. Gerald, just keep up. Uh, but Shengu and Jock Landau, it's not exactly the world's most imposingly defensive big man rotation. Jabari Smith Jr., he could take a bit of a leap as well. But it feels like Houston are trying to fast-track Jalen Green and Jabari Smith Jr.'s progress at the expense of Jalen Green and Jabari Smith Jr which I do not like. It's like, we'll bring in some veterans. It's like, not the ones that play the same position as him, you idiots. What are you doing? And as mentioned on yesterday's show, they traded away the Soup Nazi because he's busy out there getting a little bit too in the chokey-choke joke. But anyway, uh, so the thing is, the yeah-nah for Houston is will Jalen Green get to touch the ball with Dylan Brooks on the court? Yeah, nah, nah. (laughs) Dylan Brooks is a head case. Shit bloke. Still Canadian, but somehow still a shit bloke. Go figure. But... I don't know. I just feel like this is all like shooting yourselves in the foot. It's like, oh, we're going to spend some of this money. It's like, do you? Fred Van Vliet, that's okay. You don't have to give Dylan Brooks the big fucking contract. Oh, he'll set a defensive tone. He's going to set a tone of punching dicks. Like, what are we doing here? Anyway, Houston, I'm going the under. I just don't trust that collection of talent. It's weirdly unbalanced. So 31 and half is there. Over under, I'm going 27.55. And finally – the Portland Trailblazers, 22 and 60. I've got them going this year. That is well under there, 28 and a half over under, which I believe was 29 and a half as well here and there. So I'm pretty down on Portland. You might go, hey, Jim, why is that? I'd say, well, very clearly it's because they've got about 70 fucking shooting guards, and that's about it. Like poor Matty T, Aussie Matty T. Matisse Teibel is going to be like, can I play this week? And Chauncey Billups is going to be like, mm. Nah. (laughs) I mean, you're the only dude on our roster who plays defense, but I still can't find any fucking minutes for you because I've got 87 guards. Like, this is just dumb. It feels like weird roster building for Portland. They should probably obviously eventually trade El Presidente, Malcolm Brogdon. But you've already got Scoot Henderson. You've already got Anthony Penny-Simon. You've got Shaden Sharp. Sharp's vaguely already playing out of position at small forward. Anyway, you've got Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant, who's going to be like, why did I sign on here again? What have I, I've made a horrible mistake. Fuck. Hey, can I get traded? And off they go. DeAndre dominating. Look, again, talk about fucking big men who are softer than Kleenex. Boom, DeAndre dominating right there. But you've also got Time Lord. You've got Malcolm Brogdon. You want to showcase them so you can trade them. But this Portland Trailblazers team, there's just no defense. Apart from Matty T and a bit of Time Lord, maybe. Maybe Malcolm Brogdon sets a bit of a tone as well. But this team is really young. They've got a bunch of young guards. That's never good. And this is kind of the year now for this. Can they just fucking figure out where everyone plays? Like, I just don't know if they can. Like, Scoot's very clearly a point guard. Everybody else is kind of like a two, a three. I don't know. And they don't know either. Anthony Penny Simons is like, God damn it. Now Dame's gone. This is my team. Scoot Henderson comes and he goes, all right, now Dame's gone. This is my team. And Shaden Sharp is like, shut the fuck up. I'm the best player here, bitches. Bang. And it's going to be an absolute fucking mess in PDX. So pour one out for poor PDX Pete up there in Portland. Uh, I can't see Portland winning over 28 games this season. So we're going to go the under. And I think they eventually just go, actually, yeah, we should probably move on from the vets. And 22 and 60 is where I've got Portland topping out. And there you go. Jesus. That is every single over-under in the NBA for this season Done along with a year now nah for each of them. Uh, the unpopular opinion of the day as well, keep an eye on the NBA Cup. I reckon it's going to be good. I hated the idea when it first got floated, but now we've got Tuesdays and Fridays, all NBA Cup, all the time. Those games that are on those days in November are for the NBA Cup exclusively. That's fucking awesome. That's pretty smart. Look, as the Vice President of Common Sense for the NBA, we finally did a good thing. All titles made up, of course, until Adam Silver. Hey, James, do you want to come and be my vice president? Come and sensibly. Yes, I can, Adam. Can you just never talk to me again? Um, But the unpopular opinion is I think the NBA Cup is going to be awesome. People who are like, oh, it's too confusing. It's like, look, as soon as it starts, it's not going to be confusing at all, and we'll figure it out. And the over-under odds, what are the best ones out of the West? So I gave you Boston, Milwaukee, Wiz, and Miami yesterday. That was over for Boston, uh, over for Milwaukee, under for the Wizards, and under for Miami my favorite four out of the West is Lakers over. God, that hurts me to say that. I fucking hate the Lakers so much. But Lakers over. Dallas under. Oh yeah. OKC okay, over. Let's go, the mop top mumba, the bigs kid. And of course the Portland under, because they're shit house. They're just, they're cooked. Like, you're going to see some shit basketball play. Like, it'll be exciting at times because Scoot will be fun. They'll have DeAndre Ayton running the fucking floor with him as well. But, like, every game that Portland plays is going to be, like, 130 to 128. It's going to be gnarly. Uh, so there you go. There's some four over-unders that you can multi-up if you want, and that's how you do it. Right-o, I think that is it for this week. I think we'll do the awards show maybe Monday or Tuesday next week because uh, I don't know if I'm going to have time on the f- Friday tomorrow. Uh, Because there's a bit going on. But we're back. How good is this? NBA Australia flying into the 23-24 season. Loving every minute of it. So make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facey, IG, YouTube. I think I'm on threads. I haven't threaded yet, though. How weird is that? Oh, bro, I did a thread. All right. All right did you do some knitting as well? Like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> anyway, uh, check out that. Go to the NBA Australia shop as well, nbaaustradia.com slash shop. i have got to get rid of some of those, uh, the last remaining T-shirts and hoodies, and then we'll do another run of uh, different designs. So check us a rating review on your podcast app as well, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube Podcasts, whatever they are now, uh, Spotify, whatever weird app you use on your Android phone, all you fucking weirdos out there with your Androids. Uh, and I think that's nothing else, really. We're going to say thank you to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. They rule for that. Oh, I'm not playing the outro. I should have done that. Oh, well, one step behind myself. Uh, go check out House Hats as well. Good album there. Running out of time. And big thanks always go to Joshua De fascinated Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshack, Alami, Iowa, Sex, Jedi, and Green, Green, Green. Those dozers, I think, too. Uh, for all the tunes you hear throughout the show, Smash, on on Bandcamp, Triple J, Earth. Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, heavy listening to your tunes, do that. NBA Australia, Sports train Band, so should you. Uh, and that's it. I think we will come back with a Monday show for the awards. Uh, that might be the NBA Australia Awards and then we'll do the actual awards on Tuesday because I think I might just wrangle Stats Guy into uh, talk out some of those uh, actual dork awards where it's like, here are the actual awards for the NBA season. It's like, oh, here's who I think is going to be important this year. No shit, Sherlock. The NBA Australia Awards are way more fun. Who's going to be the biggest fuckhead this year, et cetera? Like all that good stuff. So we'll do that on Monday. We'll do the actual awards on Tuesday, and then we'll got games on Thursday. So it's all fucking back on. Shit, the games will be on Wednesday. <laughs> good timing. That should be right. All right, so we'll catch you then, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And later, Jose. Nah. Know oh, what to do, but